This is Tiny Themes Podcast with your host, Amanda Batts. It's Amanda. It is so nice to be back in O-Town. My husband, Michael, and I were on a trip to the West Coast last week for our 10th wedding anniversary. Yes, we did get married when we were children. Just kidding. Uh, So (laughs) I was just really soaking in that time with my husband. And it was great. We had a nice child-free trip, which we don't always get to do. I think this was our first time since having kids of having like a length of a time of a trip. I think the only other time we've had was one day in New York while my parents watched them. So they got to stay. The girls got to stay with Mimi and Pops. Had such a lovely time and we got to really enjoy getting to spend some time together and explore and travel and just have a blast. The secret thing that I was alluding to last week did happen and I'm very excited to share with you about it. We started our trip last week in the Pacific Northwest, which neither of us had ever been to. So that, first of all, was fun to just check out in general. But for about a year and a half prior to that, I had been trying so hard to book an Airbnb location called the Swan House, and it is where they filmed the first Twilight movie. I'm a big Twilight fan, so is Michael. We both, I think we were both in college, yeah, we were both in college when it came out, but loved the movie so much. They're just such a great series. We both were like, well, if we're going to the Pacific Northwest, we should definitely plan it around when we can get the Swan House. So we ended up booking it a year and a half ago, and we were so excited. Our actual 10th anniversary was October of last year, so it was a little bit of an extended, very Disney style. You know how like Disney celebrates things for like two years? This was just our extended Disney anniversary celebration, but we got to stay out in St. Helens, Oregon, which is where the Swan House is located, and we got to check out a bunch of the filming locations as we were driving throughout the Pacific Northwest. We started in Portland, flew into Portland, and then we got to explore some food and fun dining locations outside of Portland area, and then we drove to Cannon Beach that night. Cannon Beach was definitely more for us. I'd seen pictures of it, and it just looked stunning and amazing, so we found a place in Cannon Beach, and we stayed there for a night. It also was the place that they filmed the La Push scenes, if you like Twilight, so that was kind of cool that we got to also see that, but I was just really excited to check out a West Coast beach. That was in the Pacific Northwest and cold, and it was just, it was gorgeous. I mean, the Haystack Rock, if you've ever seen pictures of it, it is just wild how huge that is. We got to explore there, and then we actually got to eat at a place called Wayfarer, and we got this amazing table where we could look at Haystack Rock through the window during dinner, and they had this, like, insane poutine, and oh, it was amazing. The coffee up there, I'm not a coffee drinker, but the smell of it was just magical, and Michael was blown away by the coffee. After we got to explore some of Cannon Beach, we also got to check out some of the filming locations for Twilight before we ended up staying in the Twilight house. One of them was in Washington, and that's where the school is for Twilight. I'm going to be posting, just FYI, a reel of all the filming locations with addresses in case you plan on visiting at any point. But that was in Washington. Everything else was actually filmed in Oregon. I guess it was cheaper for filming or they got better tax breaks. So instead of it actually being filmed in Forks, it was filmed in Oregon. So we got to check out the school that was in Washington. We got to check out downtown St. Helens, which is basically where they had the Port Angeles area. So all those filming locations we got to check out, which was really fun. Like the dress shop and the bookstore and the area where 
Edward, like, turns the car around to save her from those creepy, horrible men. And, of course, you know we had to do cosplay. So if you haven't seen my Instagram, Bibbidi Bobbidi Bats, I share a bunch of our cosplay looks that Michael and I did, which we had so much fun doing. And I gotta say, I'm so used to filming toddlers, and it was really fun to have someone (laughs) who stayed very still in their poses until we got the shot just right. So... We had a lot of fun with that, but it was cracking us up because we're like, man, we're not used to someone who can like take direction quite so perfectly. That was a lot of fun. I got to say, when we got to the house in St. Helens, it was like next level. Pulling up to it, I was geeking out. We got inside. It is spot on from how it was in the filming. So the kitchen looks the same. The staircase where Bella comes down for prom, Bella's room, they literally have every detail like spot on. It was so epic. The whole living room area was amazing. That night, we got to watch the Twilight movie while we were sitting in the living room because we just thought that was so much fun because the first movie was filmed there, and then after its popularity, it had to go on a soundstage. Anytime you see Bella's house, it's on a soundstage in those last four movies, but the first one was in the house that we stayed in. And so it was like super trippy because Michael and I were watching the movie, and it was cracking us up. Because like when they were outside in the beginning of the movie, Michael was like, I don't know if I saw that house. Like there's no house right behind where they're filming. So we like paused the movie and walked out front and we're like, oh no, I think that house is newly built. And we were just like fact checking it as we were watching it, which was hysterical. And then we'd like be into the movie. And then a few scenes later, they'd be like in the house again. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're sitting in that room right now. It was epic. So if you're a Twilight fan, I highly recommend putting that on your bucket list because it was next level awesome. I'll put the link to the Airbnb in the show notes in case you're interested, but it was absolutely amazing. And then we found Carver Cafe, which is where Bella and her dad, you know, eat in that corner booth and she has no idea how to like get the ketchup out of the bottle, which I always think is hysterical. I made a reel of that because we ended up calling Carver Cafe, and I didn't realize it was pretty close to where we were staying. I mean, it was like an hour away, but it wasn't, I thought it was going to be closer to Forks. I called them and I was like, hey, is there any way we could like put our name down for the Twilight booth? It's a really small cafe. Really cool though. And they said, oh yeah, you're going to be here in an hour. We'll just reserve it now. So it'll be yours for, you know, however long you need it. And we're like, okay. So we walk in And it was packed, so I was really glad we called. So if you're going there, call in advance, and they'll put a reserve sign on the table so you can stay there. And they had this book at Carver Cafe where they had, like, everyone who was a Twilight fan who sat at that table could write a little note from the year prior. I didn't see one for 2023 or else we would have written something in it. But the 2022 one that we were looking through was, like, so entertaining to look at. That was a really fun spot to check out. They just had really fun, like, homestyle breakfast. Just the vibe in the Pacific Northwest is so cool. So then after that, we went back to Portland, flew to Burbank, and today I'm going to be sharing a little bit about Universal Studios Hollywood because we were there for a day and then we also did Warner Brothers Studio Tour. So I'm going to be sharing some tips and tricks on both of those parks. I've been at least twice. I think I've done the Warner Brothers Studio Tour three times. I think I've gone to Universal three times also. Yeah, I had. So I'm going to be sharing some of our feedback from those activities too. So to kick that off, Universal Studios Hollywood, if you've never been, it's like basically on a hill in Hollywood and there's, it's separated between an upper and a lower lot. 
and it's separated by four huge escalators that take what feel like 15 minutes to get from the lower lot to the upper lot and the upper lot to the lower lot. One of the things that if you're going with your kiddos, I saw a lot of parents baby wearing or toddler wearing because you have to remove your children from the stroller before going down for safety reasons. But it was definitely interesting seeing how they had to kind of like break down these strollers in order to go down the escalator. And then the other parent had to juggle the two children or however many children they had. So there were definitely more folks baby wearing, which I could see being very helpful. First of all, for the park, the theming is next level because it's on a working studio, the Universal lot. So there are set designers and everything that are literally at their fingertips right there. So the theming in general is just incredible. Like it really feels like you're in those specific areas. I'd say the Harry Potter area was almost identical to ours. They only had Hogsmeade. They didn't have Diagon Alley. But I did like how they had more of like a glittery snow effect on the roof. We have snow on the roofs in Orlando, but I'm wondering too if certain things I assume are not allowed here in Orlando that are allowed there due to weather, because you know, everything has to be very hurricane approved, which theirs would have to be earthquake approved and everything. But I'm sure with the sun and the rain that we get here, things are probably going to be taking a little bit more of a beating. But overall, the theming was just seriously next level. It was so beautiful. And another cool thing about Universal is they actually film, I think it's extra, either Access Hollywood or extra, the one with Mario Lopez. They film that at their City Walk area, which is pretty cool. I know when I went last time with my mother-in-law and sister-in-law, we got to see it being filmed, which is really fun. So that's something that's unique to that park versus ours in Orlando. And then they also have the backlot tour, like their studio tour. It is really fun because it's in an active working studio. So we did that. I've done that every time I've gone to Universal. It's probably my favorite thing that they offer because it's fun to see some of the front lots and then the back lots as well. They have some like kitschy moments in it where you like basically do the Fast and the Furious ride from Universal in one of the sound stages that you pull into. And then they have something like the earthquake situation that they had at um, Orlando a while ago. And that's like one of the soundstage areas and things. And then the King Kong Skull Island, that is like one of the sound stages. So some of those I'm like, "Hmm, I could do without. But I really enjoyed checking out the actual backlot. I loved, and this was something I was pretty proud of myself because I don't remember ever hearing it before, but we were driving through this one section in their European city. So we were driving through and I was like, this looks so familiar to me. And I said to Michael, I was like, I think this is where they did the Princess Giving a Ball song from Brandy Cinderella, like the iconic. Michael's like, yeah, it does kind of look like it. I think, I think you might be onto something. So then a few minutes later, as we were exiting that area, she was going over, our tour guide was going over all the movies that were filmed in that area. She's like, and Brandy Cinderella. And so I geeked out just a little bit being like, oh my word, I knew it. Cause we love that movie in our house. I am a big Hitchcock fan. I took some film courses on his work in college. I watched some of his movies growing up cause my family likes them and Although Psycho is not my favorite because it definitely freaks me out, it is really cool that they have the Psycho house and then also the Bates Motel are on the Universal lot. So that's all part of the tour. And I won't give away like crazy spoilers or anything, but there is a live actor during that portion of the tour, which is really cool. So if you saw my stories, that's a major spoiler, but it's a really cool moment to experience. And 
you can see Alfred Hitchcock's bungalow in the front lot, which is cool because they have Alfred Hitchcock's silhouette. So that's always a highlight too. I didn't see the movie Nope, but right now they have the movie set from Nope outside and you go through it. It was interesting. There wasn't much that happened in it. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen the movie, so I, Michael has, but like no characters or anything came out, which I guess is a good thing because it's a horror movie, but, but it was cool to see that set there. So if you do go to Universal Studios Hollywood, I definitely recommend checking out the studio tour. And there's definitely something for everybody. If you do want to see Super Nintendo World, I do recommend getting the add-on ticket because if you get the early access to Super Nintendo World, you also can get an express pass for the Universal Studio Tour before 11, which is really nice because I know for us, those were the two highlights of what we wanted to check out. So being able to have passes for both of those was fantastic. Now onto Super Nintendo World, because I know that's a major highlight. That was one of the reasons we wanted to go. There is one located in Japan right now at Universal, and then this one in California. Ours is coming in 2025, and I'm really looking forward to ours because I know we're going to have quite a few more attractions and food and beverage locations, which is neat. Universal Studios Hollywood is such a cute park, but it's also very limited space-wise. So for all of their regions, like for the Harry Potter area, it's much smaller than ours. For Super Mario, it's going to be much smaller than ours. They have a Jurassic World section, but it's smaller than our Jurassic Park section. So just based on size alone, I mean, we definitely have more space to expand in Orlando. But the Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood was stunning. I mean, walking into it, and I'm not even like a big Mario girl. I feel like almost everyone in my family is, so I should be. But I just never really played growing up. I mean, I know the story for the most part. And the theming was just amazing. I mean, the technology for all the different animatronics and everything that are outside moving around were seriously next level. Like it was really, really cool to walk into that space and just, it was overstimulating, but in a really cool way. So we had fun exploring and just kind of seeing what it was all about. As always, I'm going to be very honest with you about the land in general, as I always am about theme parks and everything that I'm sharing with you on here. I was a little disappointed, first of all, because the ride was the main reason. They have a Bowser's Challenge Mario Kart ride that has like 3D glasses and everything. That was the main reason why we got the early access pass. And for some reason that day, the technology was having issues. The ride was having issues. So we ended up waiting two different times for the ride and it never ended up actually working. So we didn't ever get to ride the ride, which is a bummer, but we know that that can happen with theme parks. I mean, rides are unpredictable, but the queue was insane. It was really cool. But that early access ticket, if you are looking to ride that ride, I mean, that's the time to go. We could walk right onto it if it was working, but later in the day, the line was just astronomical. So if you want to ride it, I definitely recommend getting that early access pass. Plus the land itself is packed once the park actually opens. So just even having that breathing room space to explore before the park opens was really refreshing. Now, granted, we spent most of our time in line for Bowser's Challenge, but we still got to check out some of the land before everyone else was allowed in. The characters are adorable, but their lines are very small and you have to get into them very early at Universal Studios Hollywood. So 
We sadly did not get to meet any of the characters. The lines were closed very early and I didn't even see Princess Peach out there and we were over there for quite some time. But Mario and Luigi were out and their line closed really fast and the next time that they were open was like three hours from then. There's definitely some things I think organizationally that they're going to have to feel out and get a little more of a grip on. But it was cool to see them in the land. I enjoyed that a lot. The other thing that you can do in the land that was like major for kids was you can buy these what look like magic bands and um, they give you an opportunity to play these games interactively in the land and you basically like tap the little square boxes and you get coins from it and it does link up to your console at home which I did think that was pretty epic that they did that and you also get whatever team you chose so you can choose different wristbands and whoever you chose, if you chose like Team Peach or something, you get that costume for your character in the game when you get home, which I thought was a really cool element to it. I didn't love that you had to pay extra for it because I think that was like the main attraction when you were there. If you didn't ride the Bowser's Challenge ride, that was really the only thing to do was to play these games and people waited in line after line after line just to collect the coins and to play some of the adventures. Which, if you're a big Mario fan or if your kids are, I could see that being fun, being it like in real life. It just felt like it was like line after line after line, which for my kids' age, which they're not into Mario yet, they might be in a couple years, but I don't think my toddlers would love waiting in all of those lines all day. So that was something to just be aware of. It's cool, but that's definitely something I'm hoping gets fixed by the time it opens in Orlando. Also, Toadstool Cafe, we really wanted to go there and check out the food because it looked so cute. We got in the queue for it and it ended up being like a conundrum to do that. You had to get into the land, hit the QR code to get in line, and then their system wasn't working in the beginning. So we had to keep checking and checking and we did. And it ended up being while we were stuck in the line for Bowser's Challenge. So we didn't get to go to Toadstool Cafe. We checked and we were asking them, we told them the situation. They're like, well, we'll try our best to get you in. But at that point, we wanted to go ride some other rides. And they also said they were out of most of the food that was like the cute food that we wanted to check out. So at that point, we're like, we're just going to go enjoy ourselves in a different part of the park. All that to say, I do think there's definitely still value on getting the early access ticket because it's definitely more breathable to be in that part of the park then versus when everything opens up because the floodgates open and there are people literally everywhere. It's a cool place to explore and check out for sure. I'm not trying to bash it. I just want to be honest with you about what we experienced. And then the rest of Universal, I feel like most of the rides are rides that we've, we have in Orlando. So like the Transformers ride, the Jurassic Park ride. They have a stunt show that we didn't get to check out called Waterworld. I showed it to Michael when I went to it a couple years ago, like on YouTube, and it's a really cool stunt show, but every time we were over in that region, they had either filled the seats already or it wasn't available yet, which was fine, and we could be a little more low-key because it wasn't a super high priority for us, but the Secret Life of Pets ride is a ride that we don't have on our coast, so we wanted to check it out. It's just like a slow-moving dark ride which was fun. The theming for the queue was adorable because you were basically going in and out of all the apartments that have these pets. I loved the little dachshund head. It was like you were in the a kitchen of a family. Like it was the coolest queue theming I've seen. And he had like taken the bowl out of the KitchenAid and he was like 
get a little back massage from it. And it was really funny because it was like he would like fall asleep and then he'd wake up and it was a cool animatronic. So that ride was cute. Disney always gets us when it comes to storytelling because I, I feel like Universal does a really good job with all their elements, but it doesn't quite come together as cohesively as like a Disney story would. There were like three rooms of them with fireworks or something. It like it didn't really make sense to Michael and I. We're like, where did this come from in the story? The animatronics were really cool. They were themed beautifully, but the story was a little unique. Still glad we got to do it because it was a lot of fun. But yeah, so then Michael and I got to check out the characters. You know how we feel about characters. So that was honestly our favorite part. I feel like characters are like where the magic's at for most every theme park experience. So we got to meet Poppy Troll, which the girls, Tallulah had a troll birthday party last year. So like the girls love trolls. So we got to send a little video from Poppy to the girls, which they loved. And then we also got to see Guy Diamond from Trolls. He was adorable with his little sparkly patoot and then they had shrek and fiona out we got to meet frankenstein and frankenstein's bride we got to see king julian donkey which was cool and they had a bunch of characters just roaming around they had like scooby-doo and friends which was fun but we really especially enjoyed getting to meet the trolls but that was really fun and then michael and i were like okay well we can do just about everything else back at home so what could we not do at home in the area We had so much fun on the studio tour and we said, gosh, it would be really nice if we could go actually be on a soundstage and like check out what a filming would look like. From there, we kind of had two options. Option number one, which we still looked into, was going on to oneiota.com, which is the number one, I-O-T-A.com. And you can look for live studio audience filming locations and tickets and things, and then register for any live filmings that are happening that week or that day. We registered for Lopez versus Lopez season finale because that was happening on the Universal lot. And then we also registered for Jimmy Kimmel. Put our name in the hat for both of those. We ended up getting Lopez versus Lopez, but we ended up getting it for like the next day. And we were going to be at Disneyland for that. So we didn't end up going to the filming. I have done a filming of Jimmy Kimmel before. And I think, oh yeah, we were going to do Conan, but then it didn't work out when we went the last time. It's a lot. It's fun. It's cool to experience. It's a lot of time and a lot of energy to be there. And you really don't get to see a whole lot for a talk show. I'm sure for like a live studio audience sitcom like Lopez versus Lopez, you can see a little bit more because they want to have the audience's reaction, which is cool. So if you get a chance to do that and you really want to be in a studio audience, that's a cool website to be able to do that because it's official. And then our other option was to go check out the Warner Brothers studio tour. Michael hadn't been on a studio tour that was like in depth before. And he's like, that was really fascinating being on the studio tour at Universal, but he just wanted to learn more. So I said, I've been at the Warner Brothers studio tour two times already and I loved it each time and it was different each time. We decided to do that. That was, I think, I don't know, 15 minutes away from Universal Hollywood. We got tickets for one of the last tour times for the day and went on the tour. They're on these little golf carts. So you, I think we had like 10 people in our group maybe. It's a really small, intimate group. And then you have a tour guide who takes you through the studio and you get to see like the prop shop. You get to check out different studio lots. So Gilmore Girls was filmed on that lot. In fact, the last time I went, my sister and I went in, I think 2019, and we got to see it all decked out as like Christmas in Stars Hollow. They do a special event at Christmas time. And if you are a Gilmore Girls fan, it is 
awesome to see. We had such a blast. They had Lorelai's house. They had Luke's coffee and hot chocolate available. They had so many Christmas decorations. They had like the snowman and the snow woman from the Bracebridge dinner episode of Gilmore Girls. It's literally Stars Hollow is in that town square. So you can check out the gazebo. They had a really cool shop. They had, we got to eat in one of the houses, which was really fun. All that to say, that's also the same lot that they filmed Pretty Little Liars. We got to check out that area. The Fuller House house was in the front, like the facade on the front. And then we got to go through some of the major streets that they do a lot of filming. So even like Avengers movies get filmed there. They have like a New York street. They have like a Chicago looking area. They have a European area. It's really unique, but you get to check that out. And then you also get to check out usually like one soundstage. I know, and you can't take any photos, unfortunately, on the sound stages that are like not active, but basically active. So the first time I did the tour, we saw the Two Broke Girls studio. And then the second time I got to go on the Ellen DeGeneres stage, not stage, but on the Ellen DeGeneres set, which was cool. And then this time, unfortunately, I guess, and I don't know if it's officially happened yet, but there's talks of a writer's strike, unfortunately for television, but fortunate for us. Nobody was filming at that point. We got to go on a couple different sound stages. So we got to go on the All American Sound Stage and Bob Hart's Abishola. Both were shows that I hadn't seen, but it was really cool to check out the settings of how everything was set up. The All American House was like insane. It looked like just a basic house, which was really, I mean, it was a gorgeous house, but it looked like a house that was built in a sound stage, which was <laughs> really cool. Uh, we also found out that the Barbie movie that's coming out really soon, they had just wrapped filming. I guess they were doing some reshoots or something like a couple days prior. And yes, that's the movie that's like coming out very, very soon. And they had just finished filming it. So that was cool to see some additional things like on the back lot area and on the sound stages. But all in all, that's a really cool tour. Michael and I liked that part the most. Then at the end, you get to go check out some of like the DC costumes that are out. You can see some of the Friends costumes. They have a little Central Perk Cafe where you can actually order food and stuff, which is neat. And then they have a shop at the end that has like everything you could need from Warner Brothers. They have a Harry Potter section. They have a DC section. They have like shows like Big Bang because that was filmed there. Friends stuff, of course. Gilmore Girls things, of course. And then like Looney Tunes, which Michael's family is a big Looney Tune family. So that was cool to see some of the Looney Tune stuff that they had from Warner Brothers. But that tour in general, I think is fantastic. I mean, I've literally, like I said, done it three times. And every time I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. The tour guides are very knowledgeable. And it's just fun to be in the places where some of your favorite films and movies were created. Plus, you get to get off of the tram and kind of walk through some of the areas with your tour guide. Whereas you don't get to do that on the Universal tour. So it's definitely a difference, but it's a lot of fun. Next week, I'm going to share with you about Disney California Adventure and Disneyland. Michael, my husband, is on a work trip or else I'd have him come on this episode too to kind of share his some of his thoughts. But hopefully I can get him on next week and he can share a little bit of his thoughts on Disneyland, which spoiler alert, we loved every second at Disneyland because you know how we feel about Disney. But I hope everyone has an amazing week. I hope you get a chance to watch some Twilight if you're in the mood since we've talked about it because I'm pretty sure I'm watching some Twilight tonight. I just hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Thanks for being patient with me being out. It was a rejuvenating week and I'm really looking forward to sharing some more fun theme park news and updates with you next week. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. On behalf of myself and two of my favorite assistants at Tiny Dreams Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.